let Italy boast of her gay gilded waters, her vines and her bowers, and her soft sunny skies. Her sons drinking love from the eyes of her daughters, where freedom expires amid softness and sighs. Scotland's blue mountains, wild, where hoary cliffs are piled, towering in grandeur, are dearer to me. Land of the misty cloud, land of the tempest loud, land of the brave and proud, land of the Enthroned on the peak of her own highland mountains, the spirit of Scotia reigns fearless and free. Her green tartan waving o'er blue rock and fountain, and proudly she sings, looking over the sea. Here among my mountains wild, I have serenely smiled when armies and empires against me were hurled. Firm as my native rock, I have withstood the shock of England, of Denmark, of Rome and the world. But see how proudly her war steeds are prancing, deep groves are trodden down in their path. The eyes of my sons, like their bright swords are glancing, triumphantly riding and good morning and welcome to All Things SR. I thought today would be a beautiful day to start with Scotland Forever since we're in Edinburgh Castle. Morning, Leslie. Good morning, Pam. How are you? Oh, I'm just uh, doing great. <laughs> and yes. <clears throat> and uh, so it, it's just such a beautiful day here. It's getting warm again. I don't know if you have I'm snow. loving that. Um, I personally in my neighborhood did not, but I was on a call, um, a meeting on Thursday morning, and my friend Wendy looked at, was in the middle of this meeting, and she said, oh my gosh, it's snowing. And I'm looking out the window, I'm like, what do you mean it's snowing? Because she doesn't live that far from me. No. And she said, it is like coming down. It is so, there's so much snow. And I said, well, I believe it because it's cold enough to snow. It was freezing. And I just like, I couldn't tell if I was freezing because I was having a reaction to my second vaccine mm -hmm. or if it was just because it was in the 30s. Um, I think more because it was in the 30s. It may be a little combination I think of the two. I think so too. I think so too. But um, yeah, the weather has been wacky um, down to the 30s and cold. And then, of course, next week it's supposed to hit the 80s in Pennsylvania in April. So if if you're not concerned about what's going on with our climate, <laughs> I I don't know what to tell you because I I got nothing there. That's um, <laughs> snow. Snow in April is not uncommon for this area. Um, we are still. Um, it's still before the fir the last frost date because that in our neck of the woods is May fifteenth is the last date typically for a frost. Mm -hmm. So I mean, as much as I don't enjoy the prospect of having snow in April, it it does happen. Mm -hmm. um, yes, Betty. As Betty noted, April is playing tricks on us. It Time is. for a petty. <laughs> and Cheryl's letting right. Cheryl's letting us know that it's raining in Atlanta. So. Oh my goodness! Well, yeah. well we so. all need the rain. It is rain is important, even though it's not always fun. It's good to see you joining us this morning, Cheryl. My daughter's heading down your way at the end of May, so visiting some friends down there. Well, so. one of, one, of, one of the uh, interesting things, you know, I posted a picture on Facebook of uh, in, from my memories. And it was for Earth Day. And I remember, I think it was 15, and I went to the very first one they had here in Philadelphia on Belmont Plateau. And uh, I, it was, the crowd was just incredible. I Just so many people at Belmont Plateau, you couldn't see anything because of the people. And one of the main or organizers, also in the picture that I posted, is was a guy by the name of Ira Ihorn. And I don't know if anybody ever watched... Uh, most wanted with that. Uh, I think it was on Fox TV for a while, or whatever. 
and he was known as the unicorn killer. Oh and, yes, okay. and, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and so he was he was one of the coordinators of of that particular event. So, which I found fascinating. Good morning, Mon. Nice to see you to join us, or good afternoon, Botida. So anyway, that was that was my my Earth Day story <laughs> for my for my memory book. Yes, did you see my comment to that? I said enough chapter for your book, Pam. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> it is cool that you were there. You know, it really was cool. It was such a amazing gathering. And, oh, it was. I mean, uh, there, uh, an interesting point in history, you know. It was, and and there's some really interesting speakers. They had Ed Muskie, who I think was trying to run for president, um, and Wavy Gravy, the hippie poet. <laughs> That's right. And uh, I think Ralph Nader was there, and there were a whole, whole boatload of people. It was just it was it was definitely. My hippie claim to fame going to <laughs> Earth Day. <laughs> I think it's awesome. I really so. do. <laughs> oh, and I see Monica. Good afternoon. Monica has joined yeah. us. Yep. And, and, and Shell has joined Shell? us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, so it's, uh, it's it, this was a fun chapter. I really enjoyed this chapter. I did, too. I really, really did. It It's... It's a great um, progression on not only the relationship of Julian Gabriel, mm-hmm. but also their own professional growth and yep. their personal growth. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it captures so many facets of it. Um, Absolutely. Especially I- professional growth. But um, I, I like to say that their their growth as a couple is strong as well mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they're connected. They're in oh, there yeah, as a absolutely. team. It, even if they're not side by side chatting up the professors, even if they're across the room, they always have that connection. Oh, yeah. They're always kind of tagging. They always have their eye like each other. You know, I just, love that. Yeah. I love the way SR wrote it. I know yeah. we're getting ahead of ourselves, but it was, it, it was super, super good. It was. It is. So. Um, it was um, also it was their first night, uh, especially Julia's first night out without the baby. Exactly, which is a big. That's a. Big, that's a. That's a that's big a step. <laughs> big step, and not only being out without the baby, but being out without the baby in a foreign country. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's not like you're at your favorite local restaurant having a little mm-hmm. date night with mm-hmm. the hubby. Um, yeah, I think my you know, first one, the first restaurant Jim and I went to, I had Patrick and an infant carrier sitting on a chair. Same. I And literally, we went, it was an off time. We made sure it was like when nobody was in the restaurant. Mm-hmm. And it was it was early on. I'm okay. not, I'm trying to remember. Abe would know. Abe would remember exactly how many weeks Sally was. But we went to a Mexican restaurant that li- literally we could have walked to. It was that close to our house mm-hmm. um, called El Rodeo. And I remember we sat Allie in the carrier on the table and we had fajitas and it was lovely. Yes. You know, Those as, as, as a so new <laughs> family. But I'm, yeah, we, yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was great having and- our first outing. Ellie, just for you, I did not put bagpipes on this morning to start this chapter because I know how early it is for you. I know. I said that would be really harsh for Ellie on the West Coast to wake up and hear the bagpipes. But do tell do tell um, about the music. And uh, yeah, sorry, I had the echo there, guys, because I had my laptop on uh, sound on. I didn't realize I had that on. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I do, Ellie. I do have an Abe and an Allie. Yeah. And a Sabrina. Mm-hmm. Allie Oops. Um, <laughs> Alessandra is her name. Alessandra and Sabrina. Uh, yep. That's so cool. So, yeah, so I, I started the, with, I just found a, a nice little Irish folk song, which sort of just gives the uh, lyrics rather than the bagpipes to a song to start us off since... That's where we are today in Scotland. I wish I was I know. than where I am today. That's for sure. Anyway. I know. I know. I, I, I want to be in Scotland with Sam and Graham. Let me mm-hmm. just tell you. Because mm-hmm. I have been 
enjoying, I know I'm late to the party. I will, I've been very late to the party on many things. Um, but I've been enjoying the Men in Kilts, uh, not just the series, uh, the television too. series, but the audio book. Mm-hmm. I cannot recommend enough. I have been laughing out loud listening oh, to this book. They're hysterical. It is so funny. And of course, they're both actors. So mm-hmm. they're so expressive in their storytelling and they're scotch, right? So they're yes. also great storytellers. And um, it's just really, really fun. Well, you know, you know, Sam was, uh, Sam's mother named him Sam after uh, Tolkien's books. <laughs> Just an odd piece uh, of trivia to put out there. <laughs> that's right. I love it. I love it. Um, but uh, so listening, and I just last night was watching the episode on music. Mm-hmm. So when you had the I, uh, the Scottish music this morning, I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah. And um, yeah, uh, and it's perfect for this chapter because they are in Edinburgh. That's right. So... Um, shall we begin with some we, of the some of the worst news from the world of news SR? from the world of SR? Yes. Well, he's doing a chat on Facebook on Sunday from two to three p.m. on SR Fans Russia on their group, and he's actually going to be on our podcast on May first. It's our anniversary. Yes, show. SR is joining us next week, friends. Um, <laughs> actually, you have to. I, we'll be pushing out the information on that uh celebrating mm-hmm. our and, first anniversary and i promise Can you to believe hit, it hit record and start <laughs> well you won't have taken me by surprise <laughs> you'll be expecting him this time that's right yeah we, we've uh we reached out to sr several weeks ago when we were planning the anniversary podcast so he is going to be joining us and it is you know Aunt May is anniversary Palooza because mm-hmm. our friends at the Emmer Zoom also are also celebrating their celebrating first their first anniversary. Um, so, so it's really really fun. Yeah, he'll be chatting in the Facebook group from two to three on the <laughs> on the Emmer Zoom's Facebook page. <laughs> yes, yes, it'll be fun. I was so glad I could join last week. It's been hard for me to make uh, the Emmer Zooms um, this this round, uh, mm-hmm. but. It was it was fun to be on and chat with everybody. Yes. Ellie and I were in the chat room last week, so that was I think fun. Ellie, Ellie, you're presenting today, aren't you? In the the other zooms, I mean, Ellie and I, I weren't in the chat. I I stand corrected, but Ellie presented last. Presented. So I'm the delirious. Other, the <laughs> other is that uh, he's told that the uh, Gables Rapture is going to start um, filming soon. And he believes they will film on location in Belize, but at the end of the shoot. He should know more soon. So that should be should be fun. I think I saw on um, a Passion Flicks page that I think they're hoping to start in two weeks. And, I, you know, I, I don't know whether that's... Be, I, I, whether Gable's going to be or uh, Jeweler's coming in. I don't know. I know that this is part of Boston. I'm confused right now with what's filmed and what hasn't filmed yet. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I think, I do think it's part of Boston. I know it's part of Boston, but is, you know, did they film, again, I'm, I'm lost. They haven't filmed the farm sequence with Paul yet either. Mm. I don't think. So maybe they're going to be doing that. Betty, get on top of that. <laughs> <laughs> Betty's ready Gotta for the cows. Gotta check out those cows. <laughs> I love it. I love yes. it. Yeah, that's it's it's just exciting that they're going to be able to resume the work, and mm-hmm. um, I'm just I'm happy for them. And I, I saw, um, I, I think I saw Julia's doing something new. Right now, isn't he doing some project? I think I saw a clip of an Instagram. I don't know. That he I, he I, was doing a, a quick, uh, literally, that's probably the only thing I saw all week. And he was speaking Italian. So all I was doing is just enjoying him speaking yeah, Italian because I I, was that's one of my favorite things yeah. to do is just listen to him. Um, but I think um, what I, I know he got some of the translation. Vaccine. 
Yes, I saw that. And, but I think I think he was doing. He had some uh, project lined up. He was working on. So people were wishing him well on the on the on the job. So, mm-hmm. um, congratulations uh, yes. again. It's great that he's um, getting uh, all these gigs. Um, and, well deserved. And Betty, whether it be on top of Paul or the info, however you see. <laughs> oh, Betty, I love you so much. You're so great. Um. Maybe a little of both there, Betty. You never know. And yes, she needs Kenzie's investigative skills. Yes. Kenzie actually could go into detective work. She's, She's very good, good at She's that. Good at that. Um, <clears throat> yes, as Lori says, you can do both, Betty. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ellie and uh, Ellie was noting that she did Chapter 13 last week in the Ember Zoom. And her and Mango will be doing chapter 15. Well, she'll be 15 and do Mango will cover chapter 16 um, this the week, which will be great. at work. <laughs> this week, meaning today yes. at 2 o'clock. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm in a time warp. Forgive me. You and me both. <clears throat> yes. Well, it's been... Um, I'm working on an event that's going on next week. It's a big five-day educational event and it's been very consuming so mm-hmm. um i'm just happy i made it to the podcast this morning so. <laughs> <laughs> and and betty says thanks for having faith in me ladies there you go. we have the utmost faith in you betty so why don't we dig into chapter 22 we, we set the stage with the music mm-hmm. um <laughs> and uh, yes, I can't wait, Ellie. The two muse takeover. She says, "Look out!" Mm-hmm. I'm hoping to join again today. I'll have to see because I have a bunch of things happening. Um, so, chapter twenty-two, as you know, the, Emer- the Emersons are in Edinburgh, and they are there because they are having the preliminary uh, meetings as well as the celebratory. Um, celebratory announcement of um, Gabriel's uh, being nominated and named as the sage lecturer. And uh, the chapter begins as Julia enters the Jacobite room in Edinburgh Castle. So again, I, I know I've noted this before, but I really enjoy SR's descriptive um, setting segments and his passages when he writes these these uh paints the picture so to speak of how um of what the emersons are seeing as they enter the room and julia could see through the far windows the sparkling lights of the city blurred only by raindrops so you can kind of feel that misty uh cold dampness of the rain of Scotland mm-hmm. and uh, but the raindrops uh, filtering through the lights of the city uh, just was exquisite and you can kind of feel that as the, as the setting and as the scene opens up the room was grand and had vaulted ceilings it was lined with wood supported the structure um, and it in Julia's mind, it kind of looked like the hull of a ship. So it's this really grand structure, this beautiful room inside the castle. And the dinner uh, was being held in the Queen Anne room. And it had been a multi-course dinner with dignitaries from the university. So you can imagine this really regal setting, um, really beyond anything you can really imagine, having this grandeur. Um, for this auspicious um, occasion. And after they had the dinner, um, the dignitaries retired to a more intimate setting for after-dinner drinks. And as they had arrived for dinner, they were greeted by a piper and torches, and their hosts were hospitable. And uh, part of the... Part of the activities were viewing the Scottish crown jewels and the coronation stone. So um, it was really, really grand. And we asked SR um, 
you know, we referenced, we said the Emerson's greeting at the castle is magnificent. How did you decide what to include in that scene? Because as you guys read, oh, and good morning, Anna. Or good, and good morning, Annette. Hello, hello. Thanks for joining us. We're talking about chapter 22 of uh, Gabriel's Promise. And they're in Edinburgh at the uh, welcoming dinner for the sage lecturer. And they are located right now in Edinburgh Castle. And so we asked SR, how did he decide what to include in that scene? Because, you know, they were greeted by pipers and torches, and it was, you know, getting to see the Scottish crown jewels and the coronation stone. I mean, really, really historical and uh, historical items and, and mm -hmm. treasures, you know, national treasures. Um, so he had said, I had to do some on the ground field research in Edinburgh and it was a great opportunity. I've traveled to the city several times at different times of the year and have always enjoyed my stay. However, summers in Scotland are probably the best. So can you imagine SR going around researching, touring the castle, uh, visiting the hotel or perhaps even staying in the hotel. Um, it's just really, really cool. Mm -hmm. And um, I see that Betty had noted earlier that uh, her blessedness is kidnapping her today so she can't join the Emerson. It's like he knew Paul would be in the chapter. That's funny. And she said... I bet to Gabriel this was just a normal dinner. <laughs> Sadly, the Queen of England couldn't make the dinner, right? <laughs> Sadly, no. And um, Pam had just put in the chat box uh, images of the, of the crown jewels and the coronation stone. And the coronation stone. So um, check them out. These are some of the uh, things that greeted the Emersons as they were... Uh, arriving for dinner and I just can imagine how exciting it must have been you know this was a huge honor mm -hmm. um, Gabriel was quite young to be receiving this honor um, and the couple is still in in the early stages of their marriage I mean to be experiencing this together I think is really special oh yeah um, and then as we noted earlier this is kind of their first time out without the baby so <clears throat> Julia excused herself after the dinner and went to the ladies' room to find Rebecca and check on Claire and relieved that all was well. It was probably the first time, exactly as we noted. Um, she saw that Gabriel was surrounded by the university court and city officials. And you could see. His eyes caught hers and it was a ray of sunshine to her and he smiled. Um, I loved that line. That was, it was great. You know, they, they're always, even though they're not standing physically next to each other, they're always connected. Always. Um, and yes, Ellie said, big day for Betty and Anna with promise and rapture. Or in the Paul's presence. <laughs> That's right, Ellie. Um, Paul is always, Paul is always front and center in their minds. I love it. So you can see their connection and Gabriel was um, glancing over at her and she smoothed her black velvet skirt and they had dressed alike. They were dressed, um, you know, uh, the professor was in black tie and suit, his hair combed and his shoes shiny. Um, he's always so well put together. Um, he had his gold pocket watch with the fob threaded through his vest under his jacket. And in keeping with his sobriety, he drank coffee rather than his beloved scotch. And I loved, I loved the fact he had the gold pocket fob. Actually, whenever I hear about the watch, I actually do think of Paul because Paul made a comment about that watch and about how he thought it was really pompous of him to wear a pocket watch. He does that, right? Um, I just think it's perfect for Gabriel's character. I love that. I love that kind of attention mm -hmm. to detail and that nod to the past. And as um, he's very and good with the detail. He is. He really is good with the detail. And and uh, Betty noted Becky is a professional. She's like Mary Poppins. She knows how to take care of the children. 
And um, Lori noted that the pocket watch fits Gabriel. And uh, Lord Betty said, Paul is the leading man in the series. He's so humble that he lets Gabriel think otherwise. Don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be our little secret, Betty. It'll be our little secret. Betty said, I can't imagine Paul with a pocket watch, only Gabriel. I can't either because the no. pocket watch would is just not his, it's not his vibe. It's not his thing. No, I what imagine his... Paul with jeans, a corduroy <laughs> jacket with patches on his elbows. <laughs> yep. Yep. Or a rugby shirt. Gotcha. <laughs> because, <laughs> but even, yeah. And uh, Anna said his grandfather's watch. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. And, you know, Gabriel always has this attention to detail, right? He loves, he loves being well-dressed and he believes that's how everybody should be. He has that sensibility that, mm -hmm. um, putting people together. And I actually channeled you, Betty. I channeled you and Perling on the question I wrote to SR about what brand of dress shoes did Gabriel wear? Because he said they were black and they were sh shiny but he didn't say what brand. So SR said, Gabriel's particular about his dress shoes, as you can imagine, and favored a pair from Salvatore Ferragamo. So I know, he was well, sporting Ferragamo. I, 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 I like to think like they were wingtips or something fantastic. I uh, forwarded a message to him after, after he responded. He hasn't got back to me on it yet though. If, <laughs> if uh, Julio has his own foot uh, mold, in uh, Ferragamo, because they're known, it, it, their museum, they have these uh, foot molds so, cause for the people that we can choose for. So. <laughs> and I'm laughing. Um, and you meant Gabriel, right? Not Julio. Yes. Well, I'm <laughs> Although I'm curious if Julio has his own foot mold at Ferragamo. Um, that would be interesting. That would out. be interesting. Um, Betty says, nice. No shoes from Target. Of course not. <laughs> And no. sadly, Brooks Brothers has gone out of business, so I don't know where he's getting half of his clothes now. Oh, um, I'm sure he'll have someone, he'll find someone or have someone to make. And Lori found that tidbit interesting, Pam, about the uh, the shoe. Well, the they shoe have, there's a whole museum in Florence just for Salvatore Ferragamo, which is I cool. think that's fantastic. I would love to go visit that. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, Shell says he got a picture frame from Tiffany's, so no shoes from Target. <laughs> that or Walmart, is for, for that sure. matter, Annette. <laughs> <laughs> that is for sure. Oh my gosh, I love it. But I can see, you know, I, I just can see how striking a pair uh, they would be with the black velvet dress and the black suit and tie. I just think it would be so elegant. And you know? I'm we did for. for did, did, we asked about her shoes as well, but uh, he didn't get back to us on Yeah. Yeah, actually, I think I asked, did we ask about the dress? Yes. Yeah. I, I was. Rem I remember thinking I was going to ask, and then I was like, no, I won't ask. I said, oh, I'll ask, maybe I'll answer. You know, because I was trying to determine if it would be like a V-neck or if it would be like an emp, you know, what, what the, the a portrait neckline, like what the dress looked like if it was... Uh, full-length gown or if it was I think it was more like a cocktail dress you know it's trying to right. I was I was kind of envisioning something very like Audrey Hepburn uh -huh. I think okay. uh, and velvet like a velvet type of number so you know so, so he's like he's um trying to call her over with his eyes and he's a you know but he didn't want to interrupt the people he was speaking with the gentleman and he was listening and talking scarcely without taking a breath, this, this guy was. And, and uh, so, but Julia was, did not feel comfortable breaking up that, that little, uh, mm -hmm. so she, uh, she signaled that she was going to the bar and she made, which she made beeline for it. And she ordered a cup of tea. And I see here Betty had noted, well, Lori noted Gabriel has never heard of Target, which is probably true. Mm -hmm. And um, Betty said, lots of high-end stores are closing. I guess Gabriel is ordering everything online from Italy or Canada. And she thinks it looks, she's guessing the dress looks like the blue Santorini dress. It could so. be. Mm -hmm. I think so, too. So, 
Um, anyway, so she's going and having a cup of tea. So meanwhile, it's Gabriel's longing for the beautiful amber liquid that he sees everybody drinking in, in their glasses. He's being very good and just having his uh, coffee. His and, coffee. And waiting for a break in the conversation so he could go over and talk to, to Julia. So as she's standing at the bar drinking her tea, uh, a gentleman comes over and says, Mrs. Emerson, I'm Graham Todd. He's a middle-aged man, equally well-dressed in a blue suit, uh, and introduces himself. And he extends his hand to shake, which she does. And uh, he has a gray beard with uh, reddish hair that's beginning to gray. And like most Scotsmen, has a very bushy set of eyebrows. And <clears throat> so, you know, but he had blue eyes and uh, she thought they were rather keen. Uh, she got the impression that one, he did not miss much. Mm -hmm. I love that. I, I love that mm -hmm. line too. Like I thought, hmm, he's, he's very, very observant. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, when, when he first approached, I was thinking, oh gosh, is this guy going to hit on her? Like what's yeah. going to be happening? Right. I, I didn't know if anyone else had that thought um, when Graham Todd approached her, but I was like, oh my gosh. Um, what's going to happen here? Is it, is this going to start, uh, world war three with Gabriel coming over and telling this guy to stop talking to his wife? Um, I know, but I, yeah. I, I like what happened. I like what happened. Yeah. So he said, uh, he said that he was a Dante specialist there He's, and asked if she studied Dante and or heard that she had stud was studying Dante. And he sounded more English than Scottish. And I think in certain parts of Scotland that can happen. Mm -hmm. um, although if you ever meet anybody that doesn't have the, that comes from the Highlands area and starts speaking, you, you need a, you need a translator. To be honest with yeah. You. Very, very thick brogue. Yes. Um, and he did sip scotch from a, an, a beautiful crystal glass. And, you know, she replied that she was studying with Cecilia Marinelli at Harvard. But he rec and he recognized her name from Julia's name from Professor Woodhouse's invitation list and then asked if she was participating. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. And I, um, I, I love the fact that you know, the, the Wodehouse invitation keeps coming up throughout the mm -hmm. book, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, people wondering who's going to be attending, who's been asked to attend. And the fact that Julia was asked to attend was quite a big, um, a big feather in her cap, mm -hmm. so to speak. That was, mm -hmm. a, that was a really, really significant invitation. And as I'm looking at the, the chat comments, uh, Betty had said, I imagine Gabriel looking at a glass of scotch, just like Willie looks at a glass of vintage with lots mm -hmm. of longing and self-control. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Anna noted that Graham isn't smarmy like Pacciani. That's for sure. That Thank goodness. Sure. And she said Johnston Murphy men's footwear is in her house, which sounds lovely. Mm -hmm. And uh, Ellie noted, you always got to worry if G is going to have to go jealous and throw down. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, it is funny because that initial, you know, his initial approach, Graham's initial approach, I thought, uh-oh, what's going to happen here? Yeah. And, um, you know, as Betty noted, it really is good to see Julia making a name for herself. Mm -hmm. And it's also good to see Gabriel's controlling his jealousy. Um, so I, I just, I thought that was really, really good. Um, and it's also possible, of course, we don't know that at this point, um, because he is a Dante specialist. It's quite possible Gabriel knows Graham Todd. Or knows of him mm -hmm. and understands that his interest is professional uh, in speaking with Julia, not um, trying to uh, seduce her. So, and, and Betty asked, uh, Betty said, I'm surprised no one asked my Paul if her Paul is attending the workshop too. He was invited as well, people. He was. <laughs> this is true, but, Betty. Unfortunately, Paul's not in Scotland right now and trying to make conversation with other no, he's too busy this. having coffee with Elizabeth. That's true. <laughs> Much too busy. <laughs> and Allie noted that also G is just allowing Julia to speak for herself, which is true. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's that that's growth. It's that demonstrated growth in these characters on that personal level, on that relationship level. Mm -hmm. um, 
which is really, really cool to see. And so, you know, Julian knows he asked about the Wodehouse lecture and she was wary of being presumptuous and she just responded, yes, I, I will, I will be attending. And he told her that Don had, is this halftime already? It's halftime already. We've been having such a good time. It's going too quickly. <laughs> um, and yes, Anna noted, I'm sure Gabriel's vetted every man at that soiree. <laughs> <laughs> and Betty said, Paul's not there, but his absence is felt. Yes, it is. <laughs> and Annette, true, she said, and we all know he's watching intently from afar. That mm -hmm. is the truth. That is the truth. So... <laughs> <laughs> and the Christmas tree I, <laughs> emojis are coming out. <laughs> yes, feel the Christmas love. I actually felt the Christmas love last night because I watched the Hallmark Channel and they had a Christmas movie on last night. Oh, I think they nice. always do a. I think they do a Friday night Christmas type they, of. I think they were doing that too because of the pandemic. They couldn't do a lot of uh, filming. Yeah, that makes well, and you know they could probably have months and months of nothing but Christmas programming because that's what they do yes. every year. Yes. Um, yeah, it was one I saw before, but I was just like, oh, it's kind of fun. I'll just kind of mm -hmm. watch. So I am feeling the spirit today. And <laughs> time flies. You're right, Ashley, when you're having mm -hmm. a good time. Very, rah, very rah, true. Rah, rah, rah from a Christmas story. <laughs> <laughs> During the Chinese yes. God. Oh my gosh. It's gonna you're you're gonna shoot your eye out. You're gonna yes. lose an eye. What's what's the is it you're gonna shoot an eye out? You shoot your eye out. You're gonna shoot your eye out. Yeah, that's a Christmas storyline. Mm -hmm. Um all right, so we have our little halftime show mm -hmm. and we are now returning back to Edinburgh and the conversation between Julia and Graham. And he, Graham said that Don had been his supervisor at Oxford and he was the Dante specialist at Edinburgh. Um, Julia told him it was really good to meet him and that Edinburgh was an incredible city and Gabriel was really looking forward to being part of the university community. And Graham asked if she would be joining him here in Edinburgh and Julia replied that she would like to. Um, she was supposed to do coursework in the fall at Harvard, so she needed to work a few things out. And she also mentioned that she could not mention anything to Harvard until the announcement of the Sage Lecturers came out. So um, she was very hopeful. And I, I can tell, I, and, and I'm glad she was really direct with Graham about this as well. You know, she's she was being sincere. She wants mm -hmm. to be there. Um, and she has this coursework she has to do. And she's hoping to work things out. So he nodded, saying that they would be delighted to have her in the department. They had not set their coursework just yet for fall, but he would send her a schedule as soon as the schedule was set. Um, then he asked what she was going to write her dissertation on. And she thanked him and told him that she was putting together her proposal for Cecilia. Um, but had thought about exploring Guido de Montefeltro's death scene in Inferno and contrasting that with uh, the scene of his son's Von Conte in the Purgatorio. And uh, as Betty noted, uh, the doors are opening up to Julia. It's good to see she is earning all her stripes. Absolutely. Um, this, you know, again, this is really showing her growth, not just individually, but professionally. Um, and in her career, she is beautiful and brilliant and um, is living up to the expectation of all of those who've taught her, including Gabriel and Catherine Picton. So Graham was intrigued by this and he asked her what she found interesting in Guido. And Julie was fascinated by the account of his own death and how he claimed St. Francis of Assisi came for him but was defeated by a demon. And Graham thought that was straightforward, you know, you know, this, this is what happened. You know, he died, Francis came in, um, and then there was the defeat. And Julia said that Dante encounters Guido in the circle of the fraudulent. And she wasn't sure they could treat that uh, his testimony was truthful, you know, and I, I thought that was a really good point. 
Um, so did Graham. And then eagerly, Julia leans forward and says that Dante tells us he is structured according to the virtue, the circle of health is structured to the virtue of justice. So, and you can see that Julia is so engaged. This is, you know, this is her happy place. She loves this stuff. She has a passion for Dante, and you can tell she's thoroughly engaged in this conversation. Mm -hmm. um, as Shell said, Julia is a scholar, while CFP is all fur coat and no knickers. <laughs> <laughs> very true. true. Very, very true. So, um, Graham thought. As I said, that was a good point, and Julia's going on to talk about uh, the virtue of justice and the fact that that circle um, was based on justice. So justice places him in the inferno. Um, if he was there fairly, why has Francis appeared? So she's pointing out these um, this incongruity in the argument, and Graham says that Francis is unsuccessful in saving Guido, as he recalled. Julia responded that Francis is a saint. St. Francis would have agreed with Dante that justice structured hell. That means Francis would not be second-guessing God, right? So, so this, is the, this is the structure that was established by God. Francis wouldn't be going against that. So, you know, she noted that he would have agreed with Dante, um, and so either Francis did not appear or he appeared for quite a different purses, purses, purpose and Guido is lying in either case. Mm -hmm. So as Shell noted, continuity errors in Guido's story. Yes, which makes sense if he is in the circle, the circle of the fraudulent, fraudulent. you know, um, if he's lying, then it, uh, we, don't, we can't trust what he's saying. And you have to, you have to kind of have, it kind of goes into that having the faith in the higher powers that be. And in this case, this is, this is God. This is the structure that Dante laid out that God had bestowed. And why would we be questioning that, um, that justice? So I think it's, I just think that's a really interesting argument and Obviously, that's Julia does too, and that's why she's so passionate about pursuing this as her dissertation topic. That's right. Well, by the way, SR just answered my email about the molds. Oh, did he? Yes, he did. And what did uh, he say? He said that is a very good question with a winky smile. <laughs> I would. <laughs> SR never disappoints. You never disappoint, no. SR. I so love it. it uh, but it's his understanding that the Gallery Hotel Art is owned by the Ferragamo family, and one of their shoe stops is more within walking distance to the hotel, which it is. And nice. yes, they do own it, and yes, they do tours. You go to really? The yeah, you can do tours of the uh, of Ferragamo. So. Oh, I definitely, I, I definitely want to do that. I think that would be just fascinating and fabulous. I didn't realize Ferragamo was in. Um, it's in Florence, yeah. Florence. Yeah. I didn't realize it. I always think everybody, you know, all He's the fashion houses are in. I didn't. I always think everybody's in Milan. Right. No, he's so. I and it's funny because I think it was might have been sixty minutes. A number of years ago, did a whole uh, series or a whole episode on Ferragamo mm. and his shoes. Very, very cool. Yes, and, you know, and, and the foot, the feet, I mean, he had a mold for Grace Kelly. He had molds for, um, I think, Princess Diana. He had molds for um, Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. All kinds of, yeah. As, as Lori says, very cool. Mm -hmm. And uh, Betty, <laughs> Betty said, in other words, the boss doesn't know. <laughs> And Annette says, damn him and that winky face. <laughs> and I love it. And Betty noted when we were talking about the what uh, Graham and Julie were talking about, that it's debate time. Reminds me of Gabriel and Julie at the seminar and Dante the man, uh, Dante the man whore and Paulina the mistress. So much passion for Dante. And it's very true. It's very, very true. <laughs> very, very true. 
So Professor Todd's laughing and, and said that, you know, she must be the young lady that needled Don into taking a second look at Guido because he'd become obsessed <laughs> with him. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, I just, you know, I think that kind of made Julia blush, saying she had not needled him. But he had come to hear my Guido paper at a conference and he had argued a little with her. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way she put that. Yeah. And uh, Shell had said, I think that Francis, being the good soul he is, showed up for Guido silently trying to be there for him as he, as Guido knew, um, Inferno waited for him. So I think well, that's you know, an the, interesting the, perspective. I mean, and the other thing, it, it, you know, it's, not so much St. Francis, but, you know, in the, in the Florentine series, when, when William is telling his story about how his teacher died mm -hmm. before the Roman king and how, you know, how much grief he was going through with that. And his, his teacher always remained silent, if you ever yeah. Anyway, this is for some. It, it is a good. It is a good. And it is a really good analogy. Mm -hmm. That would be good. We should ask SR about that. We should. If that was kind of an inspiration. Okay. Wait. I need to write this down. Okay. Ready for me. Okay. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> so uh, she said that uh, Graham Nolan said that the last time he had argued with a grad student, the, the student abandoned his studies and became a shepherd. <laughs> Oh dear, but the professor told her he did not think she was in danger of becoming a shepherd or quitting Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> so Julia said now she was trying to finish her coursework, take her area exam and take her area exams. Mm -hmm. And he looked uh, he he extended his arm so that she would go ahead of him, saying that he would like to introduce her to the other department faculty and suggested to what courses she could take. So we, um, we'd asked SR, why did Julia Redden with Graham's reference of needling of Don Woodhouse? And <laughs> he replied, I think Graham finds it funny that Julia, a grad student, was able to teach Professor Woodhouse something. That alone is enough to pique his interest. Plus, he knows that she is married to Gabriel, and I think he hopes she will become involved in his department during her stay at Edinburgh. So this was entirely of his own doing, and that in itself demonstrates that Julie is developing a reputation for doing good work. It's so exciting, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is really, you know, I, the fact that the word got around about this back and forth mm -hmm. between Wodehouse and Julia at the conference is really, really cool. Um, and that this piqued his interest and the fact that he wants to not only be able to obviously listen and learn um, and have Gabriel in the community, but he really wants the, he wants to have Julia there as well in her own right. Mm -hmm. And um, I just think it's really, really cool. And yes, Betty, I agree. Um, Betty says, I bet Gabriel would have a heart attack if Julia ever said she wanted to quit Dante. <laughs> he would think something's terribly wrong with her because Absolutely. that's so not her character. And as Shell says, rock on, Julia. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Betty says, Julia could become the next Catherine Picton. She could. She definitely could. And Shell said, Julia shook up the academic community in a good way. Mm -hmm. And Anna's saying she is proving Krista to be a liar. Absolutely. Yes, it's not interesting. You know, Anna, it's interesting because that really kind of almost makes it almost like uh, Krista is the Guido, right? Mm -hmm. Krista is the Guido of the story, and she's going to be in the circle of your, the fraudulent because she unjustly accused Julia of and lied about Julia not having talent and that she only got her way to the top by sleeping with the professor mm -hmm. and... Uh, Krista was weaving so many lies um, that she she actually should be in that circle of the fraudulent, whereas Julia was was truly a uh, gifted scholar. And yes, Annette says, girl power, mm -hmm. Julia rocks, um, which is really great. <laughs> so Julia, with a grateful smile, she proceeds in front of... Um... Uh, Graham and, and starts walking and, and catches Gabriel's eye and when he, and then he was watching her as she was welcomed by all his colleagues from the university and he was beaming with pride 
And that is again the evolution, right? I mean, wow. He mm -hmm. not that he was never proud of her and her work, but the fact that he didn't feel he had to be right on top of her. He didn't feel like he had to be right next to her, guiding her um, and protecting her. He knew she could handle things on her own right. And that was that level of trust. Um, at least that's kind of the way I perceived it. I just, you know, and he's, he's very, he's taken with her mind he, as well as her body. Absolutely. Um, and he is, he's incredibly proud of her. Um, and I think he saw her academic gifts before she fully understood them and before she believed she had them, mm -hmm. uh, which I think was also kind of an interesting thing. I think Gabriel identified her, um, her talent before Julia really believed that she had talent. Um, and I think seeing her professional development brings him great joy because he knows how much she loves Dante and loves and has the has this driving desire to be a professor um which is great it's like they're they're together they're a couple but they're also supporting their own individual dreams and desires and hopes and I think that's I think it's a really special relationship <laughs> that's my mail um, my mail I was gonna say uh, someone's trying to contact you. That's just um, a, 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 the one of the VIPs that come in. I'm yeah, with VIPs. So. Well, you are. You know, uh, it might. It might be. It might be. It might be Edinburgh uh, calling you to come and uh, attend uh, the, no, the Sage it, lectures. It's actually Ferragamo <laughs> coming. <laughs> yes, yes. Ferragamo. Ferragamo wants to mold your foot. Um, yes, I wish. <laughs> saying, um, saying, a relationship that continues to blossom with mutual respect, admiration, and passion. Absolutely. That's a beautiful way to put it, Shell. And Annette said, because she had laid the groundwork, Julia needed to hold her own, and he knew she had to show everyone. I think that's a really good point, too. And, mm -hmm. and Betty said, I'm so happy Julia never changed her paper and stood her ground with Gabriel. Absolutely right. That's a great point. That is a good point, mm -hmm. and it proves that you know she she really is has her own mind to this and her own dedication to the work. So, which proves to be you know proves her 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 being available to the other Dante specialists of the world. <laughs> this is true. This is true. And I, you know, this is just the beginning. I mean, she's still, she's still pursuing the doctorate. I mean, mm -hmm. she does not even have her PhD yet. And she's making waves in this, this world, which is really, really remarkable. Um, and Ellie just said that Gabriel, after his tantrum came around to her side mm -hmm. after the, um, after their academic argument. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> he said, I doubt Earth, Wind and Fire would play in the background, but I'm loving it in the podcast. <laughs> well, you never you never know what would play in the background. That's right. That's I mean, right. it is September in Edinburgh. <laughs> this is <laughs> one never knows. That's right. One never knows. <laughs> Anna predicts Gabriel and Julia end up owning the Department of Italian Studies at Columbia. <laughs> you know, it could that could very well happen. Wouldn't that be interesting to see? I would. I, I hope. I hope he continues to write this series and have more chat, more books. Well, because I'd love never to out see. Of his mind. I know. Well, I'd love to see. You know, if they evolve, if they stay in Boston, if they are recruited to go somewhere else, if they, if if Marinelli leaves and they lead the Harvard department. I mean. It's super, it's super exciting. Mm -hmm. um, Gabriel appreciates her smart and her that she's smart and that she does not agree with everything. Cheryl said, Julia has her own voice. Absolutely. And yes. Uh, <laughs> and Annette says, Pam kills me. <laughs> Lori says, I see what you did there, Pam, with the earth, wind and fire. 
Uh-huh. Well, actually, <laughs> I, that, I didn't do it on purpose, to be very honest with you. But knowing the song, <laughs> it's part. It's part of the playlist. It's That's part right. of the playlist. It's part of the playlist. We have a. There's a all things SR playlist out there. If anybody wants to see it, is it public? So. Yes, it's out on. Um, out on Spotify. Spotify, right? Yes. I also um, have, there's also one for the man in the black suit, which has a lot of jazz in it. Yeah, yeah, since Nicholas is a jazz. fan of jazz. Yes. Um, Betty said, after a few bottles of scotch, I bet the scholars are ready to do the hustle. <laughs> <laughs> you you don't get down until you get down with the Dante specialist. That's, that's sure. right. That's right. Uh, uh, the get Gabriel the and Julia Empire, Cheryl says. <laughs> and uh, Annette said, I would love to read more as long as it's not a forced book. Agreed. Agreed. Absolutely. Absolutely. We don't want him to read it, uh, read it. We don't want him to write it just to write it. You know, it has to be, there has to be something that he wants to share and tell and that he's inspired, you mm-hmm. know, that, that muse speaks to him um, and gives him something to do because I would rather him be writing other characters that he's motivated and excited about than feeling kind of forced into writing into something. Writing something but i think there are so many interesting stories that can be told out of these these characters in this world and, and uh shell agreed shell agreed as well of course but I, not always a good thing no and you know the thing is is that no matter what book sr writes the other characters will make appearances in them as secondary characters right right he's demonstrated that yeah and much like bridgerton where they're not letting uh, the Duke of was the Duke of Hastings um, being in the series too. Mm-hmm. Such a shame. Anyway, um, uh, <laughs> I know I can't get enough of him. I cannot get enough of him. He is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Fangirling, a little fangirling here. A little fangirling. Yes. So, Annie. So, so that's it. What we have for this week. And yes. next week, yes. we will be doing, um, we will having SR as our guest. So. Our special one-year anniversary of all things SR. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't believe it's been a year. I know. It kind of feels like it's been three. Well, you know, <laughs> we did have the man in the black suit as well. Well, we yes, this isn't, this isn't our anniversary of podcasting. It's yeah, our, together. It's our anniversary show. of this specific podcast. And um, I think it's been a really good ride. I'm, we're going to have some good reflections and some good conversation with mm-hmm. SR. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Please feel free to join us. And hey, I love it. Great news, Anna. Uh, she has a proud grandma moment. 91's JV Hawks hockey won the championship Penguin Cup in three-on-three sudden death overtime last Thursday. And 91 had the assist in the winning goal. That's wonderful. Excellent. Excellent. Oh, and um, yes, and, and, and <laughs> Cheryl said she's mad about the Duke not appearing. <laughs> I know a lot of people are, but he's going to be, he, he's lined up in so many other projects right now. I can't wait to watch his career blossom too. Yeah. He's a, he's really a gift to the actor. He's not just a pretty face. He's very, very good. Um, and Lori's can't wait to be a grandma. I know it's going to be exciting times, exciting so times. And Cheryl said, even though I'm late, I enjoy you all. And I'm glad I found you all. We're glad, We're glad you found you us too, us. Cheryl. Glad to have you part of the crew. And as Betty noted, we're looking forward to next week's show. It's going to be a good one. To it too. Yes, it'll be a good one. And all, all bets are off when SR comes on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, it's always a good time. And now that you know we'll be here, it's It'll be. <laughs> Although, no, I'm not even going to say it'll be even better because you being so surprised was pretty classic. That was that was pretty good. <laughs> so today I'm going to leave us with a, uh, a Canadian band called the Sheepdogs with a song called Nobody. It's, it's really interesting. I found it this week and I just, 
I really got into it, so I thought everybody would enjoy it. So, Thanks for sharing with us, Tam. Yes, and Betty noted, this has been an amazing podcast. I'm so proud of you ladies. You've done an amazing Thanks. job bringing the novel to life and all the amazing discussions. Thank you all. Thank you, guys. Thank, Thank you, you so, for the so kind much. words. So we will see you all next week. Have a good one. Stay safe. Wear your mask. Get vaccinated if you if you can, if you haven't been. And, uh, and uh, be well. Across the desert